Uh, but first, my uh, next guest is a true representation of what it means to live positive. Diagnosed with HIV in 2008, Barbara Kemigisa from Kampala in Uganda was determined not to become another statistic. She set up a community-based organisation uh, using empty ARV bottles to create art to engage, support and inspire youth living with HIV and to use their stories to change the face of HIV and AIDS in Uganda. Barbara's work has featured in exhibitions about HIV at the Uganda National Museum and she says she wants her work to promote safe sex and regular testing so people can get early HIV treatment uh, if uh, positive. Uh, Barbara, welcome to the show. Great to have you with us. Uh, will you tell us a bit about yourself? Okay, um, my name is Barbara Kenigisa. I'm an HIV activist in Uganda. I was born in Hoima district and grew up, basically spent my childhood in Kalalole district. A while there, it was uh, an extended family where I stayed with my grandparents and other step relatives. So we used to play a number of games and so many activities. And one of the games later on, that I found out was set, uh, was introduced to me and by my uncles. I don't know if it was just me or other kids in the family, but and the only one that did talk about it. Um, I was promised pancakes, but currently to school. I, I seemed like a darling child in the family. In the family. So I didn't really know the impact of, what, of the game I was playing until I grew up and... I was already an addict to sex and had multiple boyfriends. I got pregnant at the age of 15, and that was kind of high school. So basically, yeah, my life was more like not guided. I had no talk from family or my parents or anything regarding sexuality education. I just lived my life depending on the feelings I had had from my uncles. So you were just six years old. You were being abused by your uncles um, and they were uh, bribing you with pancakes um, um, and you didn't even realise, you didn't realise that what was happening was sex because you'd had no sex education at all. Did anybody else in your family know what was going on? Uh, nobody knew what was going on because I was told never to tell anyone. So being a child in the village, I was very, very timid. Um, basically, I didn't really think of anything beyond what I was told. So I knew I'd play that game, and that was it. Only that later on, as I grew up into adolescent food and learned what sex was all about, it became an embarrassing topic to talk about, so I could not tell anyone ever. You were 11 years old when you eventually went to stay with your father in Kampala, and that was in, in 1997, uh, and you finished your, your education. Uh, and, yeah. mm. Tell us tell us a little bit about going to live with your father. Um, going to stay with my father, it was like, it was okay. It was okay, like, I was coming to Kampala. As any child, I would be excited, but it wasn't more like I was excited because I was leaving the other habit behind. I didn't even know it was a bad thing that I had to feel excited or bad about it. Now, where trouble came in was I was a stubborn child, and um, in school, one of the schools I was expelled as a punishment. My father took me to another village 
school, and there I had so many multiple sexual partners. With the multiple sexual partners, I got pregnant at 15, and my family, my stepmom, came to school with a few relatives, and they took me to terminate a pregnancy. That's when my dad got to have been having multiple partners at school. I had become a bad girl, and our relationship really became bad. When was it that you discovered that you were diagnosed with HIV? I discovered in 2008 that I had HIV. I was pregnant with my second child. Like, the first pregnancy was terminated, so I was pregnant with my second child, like, the second pregnancy. I went for antenatal care in hospital, and in Uganda, it's a must. Every pregnant woman has to be tested for HIV, and that's how I get in and positive. Can you take us back to that moment, Barbara, where um, the physician told you that you were HIV positive? What was the first thing that went through your mind? Well, um, I'm, um, I'm a Pentecostal, born again Christian. Uh, it may not make sense to so many people, but... At that moment, I just told God, I pray whatever results come, it help me pray for your glory. I don't really know what to expect, but like HIV comes with a lot of fear and anxiety, I was very, very scared. So when the results came, and I said I was HIV positive, some I just didn't get scared anymore. I simply asked someone what I had to do. And that's when she told me about medication, doing the CD for cancer, and basically that, and life started. So I don't know, I believe God just gave me the courage to accept my results where they had come. Can you just talk about how HIV and AIDS are viewed in Uganda? Um, is there still a great deal of miseducation and stigma around the disease? Uh, if if you ask me that question like five years back, I would say people are very scared of HIV. Um, but stigma is still very, very high. I've seen people who go for an HIV test and their lives are really messed up, even when they had wrong results. Like, so here people are taking medicine in the hygiene. Uh, people cannot disclose to their family members or close friends. It's still an, an individual battle. No one is willing to share about it. So, unfortunately, because we have a number of HIV activists that have gone ahead to share their HIV stories and how they are coping with the virus, many people have become so reluctant. For example, young girls say, I'd rather get HIV than getting pregnant. So they'll do anything else to protect themselves against pregnancy, but not HIV. Men say, HIV is like malaria. You just take medicine and move on. And um, I've had experiences where I move in the community, talk to men, and they proudly say, I don't need a condom on you because you're looking very healthy, you're looking nice. So, you know, that's the big challenge we have right now. People have become reluctant. Yeah.
Can you talk a little bit about the response from your family? Once you were diagnosed with HIV, did you find that you were able to tell your father? Yes, I was able to tell my father. I I happened to be um, one of the participants for Imagine Africa. It is actually a South African reality TV show. So during the Imagine Africa, we, uh, we had shooting for a four months. So I was scared that they, my dad and the father to my daughter would watch me on TV. So I had to find ways of telling them. So I went home, said to my father, and told him I was HIV positive. But before telling him, I had to tell him from how it all started, that his uncle had sex with me when I was little. Uh, he refused to believe me, and he asked me if my mother had told me had told me she was my father. So with those questions, it was more like I wasn't accepted. I had to find my way to survive. So I spent most of my first years with HIV and pregnancy with on the street. Yeah, and I had to move on. Can you tell us how it was that you came to be an HIV activist? What was it that, why did you decide? I mean, you could have just carried on with your life and, and taken uh, your ARVs and, and, and moved forward with your life and nobody uh, would necessarily have heard your story, but you've been such an outspoken activist uh, around HIV and HIV education. Why was that so important to you? Uh, why I chose that, the first experience I had was when I was on the street, um, Many men would hit on me, like call me those things, like they want to have sex with me. So I would be open to them, tell them I'm HIV positive. Many of them never believed. So that was a clear indication that if I had decided to infect people, I would be infecting so, so many people. And that's a reality of me, I'm saying HIV stops with me, but there is someone saying, um, um, I did not get HIV from a tree. I must also infect as many people as possible. So I started putting myself in the shoes of these men who were just coming to me looking at this pretty girl who they thought they could just have sex with and go. So I imagine them having sex with someone who is actually saying, I must infect as many people as possible. That was one of the reasons to these men the reality that not anything that glitters is gold. Secondly, um, being on the street, I was able to give birth to a child in the child, but because I could not, I was struggling, I had no financial support, I would move from one home to another. My daughter eventually got HIV positive through breastfeeding. So because of that whole struggle, sometimes I would fail to get food. Other things I was trying to get transport to go with my free medication at the hospital. I felt like um, I needed to be an encouragement to other young people to like not to give up. Because if I had given up, if I had looked at the circumstances at that time, I would have definitely let go and probably I'll be dead by now. So I realized by going to another hospital and finding other young people who are HIV positive, but they didn't have the hope I had. It also encouraged me to keep inspiring them, to keep encouraging them. And I learned that living with HIV is not a personal, it's not a one-person, you know, thing. We need to 
support one another through. We need to be to keep each other encouraged and motivated because living with HIV is really tough, especially when you feel you are alone in the world. So that is one of the other things that pushed me. And then, the, the, in addition to being um, an HIV activist, you've also uh, set up a, a community-based organisation called Pill Power Uganda. Tell us more about that. It really is a, a fascinating yes. initiative. Tell us more. Um, starting up Pill Power Uganda was when I got married to an HIV negative husband. So I got married to an HIV negative husband and gave birth to an HIV negative child. To me, looking at my life, how far I have come. Looking at my daughter who tested HIV positive at eight months and she's now nine years old. Looking at me living with an HIV negative husband for now three years and he's still negative. And the son, he's now three years old, he's also negative. To me, all that was a result of the pills we were taking. So I just call it pill power because we cannot live without the power of the pill. So... I started advocating for treatment beyond what it has been like, because nobody really talks about the medicine, and yet people are out there struggling with these pills. Some are taking HIV for granted because they feel if HIV is like malaria, they don't know what malaria really is compared to HIV. So, people had to push me to start showing people the reality of living with HIV. Like, if you take your medicine super well, you become, like, you won't pass on the rest, and that is uh, leading to zero-new HIV infection. But if you don't take medicine, you're going to die, you're going to fall sick, you're going to live an unhealthy life. So I have learned to carry these bottles with me to show people. I've seen people who who didn't know what ARV looked like. And now when they see them, that's when they look at life differently. I, I show them uh, my pills, the bottles I have taken for the past 10 years. And when they look at me, they can't uh, put me, they can't compare me to, they can't imagine what I have gone through for all that entire time. So to me, I thought this was the most reality way it could bring out that body positive because now body life more. So you use your discarded ARV bottles and and leftover tablets to create art. Yes, yes, I do. And what kind of artwork I and pieces? Do. What kind of artwork and pieces do you create? Uh, right now, we made chairs out of the empty ARV bottles. We started with a baby bag. We have planters. We have we have dustbins and so many other things are coming up. And then with the pills, I started wearing them as earrings. I would, um, I have a crown that I wear, like this year I try to wear my crown because I feel I have won the fight against HIV personally because I'm afraid we seem to have lost Barbara there but uh, wow what an incredible story uh, using um, discarded pill bottles, discarded ARV bottles and leftover tablets to create art to encourage people uh, in her community in Kampala in Uganda uh, to take their medicine um, for those people diagnosed with HIV, an incredible story and uh, we thank Barbara for joining us this